Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. I'm Jamie. I'm Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so you uh, you were last here last year mm-hmm. um, when you were starting a new project. Yes. You want to tell us about how that's gone? Yes. So I came here last year to talk about ProChoiceCats.com, and at that time it was in its infancy. <laughs> it's been a year. We've we've grown. It's uh, become a really exciting project. Um, last year I sold a bunch of T-shirts and stickers and things to raise money for a ProChoice billboard here in Columbus, Ohio. Right. So we did that in November. I, I put some pro-abortion, pro-choice messaging on the e-billboard at Spring and 3rd, just a few blocks from the State House. So an e-billboard is, is a billboard. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's an electronic billboard. So instead of being just one static image, it's an electronic image, and they rotate. There's different images, so um, no one ad is up there for longer than a few seconds. Um, So I had all kinds of different images and advertisements. Um, And one of the main reasons I did it that way was, number one, it was cheaper to go with electronic than a regular billboard. Number two, if we did a static billboard, I was concerned about vandalism. And so with the e-billboard, I felt like that was less likely to happen, and it would be a little bit more difficult to deface an electronic monitor versus mm-hmm. just a regular billboard. Right. So it went well. We uh, we were able to pay for a week. It's $1,000 per week, wow. which is a lot. <laughs> Remind me to go into the billboard. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, what? Can I put one of those in my backyard? <laughs> so um, we could only do it for a week, and the donors... We're asking why? Why can't we do this longer? What's going on? How much more money do you need? And you're like, hey, if you want to pay <laughs> <Yeah>. for it, <laughs> please give me a thousand dollars. And they were like, oops, no, sorry, mm-hmm. goodbye. Um, <laughs> so I decided, okay, let's do it again this year in 2016. And a lot of the donors from last year were on board. They bought more stuff, um, and I've had some new people contribute as well. And there have been new products. We went from just doing T-shirts and stickers to doing heating pads, um, doing um, more stickers, different stickers that said things, you know, like "Leave my pussy alone" and "Be my cunt muffin," <laughs> um, "Fuck your laws," like just all nice. kinds of things featuring real cats from Instagram. Um, and that's like another component of this is my cat um, has a presence on Instagram. And <laughs> over the years, I've found more and more famous cats who are pro-choice. So I have an artist who actually like renders images of these real cats. <laughs> and then we use them on the products with all these sassy sayings. Um, and the most recent project or, or product that we came out with was the crocheted catnip tampon toys. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Made by a local artist here. Uh, we partnered up, and it, it's exactly what it sounds like. She well, takes. Well, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> you say it's exactly like it sounds like, as if that's a thing. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> so she takes little tea bags and she stuffs them with catnip. Okay. And she rolls them up, okay. and then she stuffs them into these crocheted. 
uh, tampon molds that that she's made, and, and then she, you know, seals them up, and there's a string at the bottom. And sometimes, like, she'll use white and red yarn to make it look like a bloody tampon. <laughs> and it sounds wild, but the cats yes, actually love it. And well, catnip in it. I mean, <laughs> of course. But I, the design and everything mm-hmm. of it, it's like there's the string, there's the end that kind of looks like a mouse. So yeah. it really yeah. is designed for cats, but an aesthetic for human humor. <laughs> um, so that's wow. that's been the thing I've been pushing a lot lately is is those because people are obsessed. <laughs> okay, yeah. The the crocheted tampon shaped catnip holder. I mean that <laughs> as if there was some feminist checklist. <laughs> it's like how many boxes can we check in this? <laughs> Crafting periods cats yeah cats getting high on catnip and and the what fact that, and the fact that proceeds go to pay May for a billboard board. promoting uh-huh. an abortion provider yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that, <laughs> there are some people that we're about to talk about that we got to uh, see last night and when they hear this description their heads are just <laughs> going to explode well they didn't they, they their heads kind of exploded over even the billboards <laughs> last year i mean created yeah. eagle got right. so mad about the billboard that they had to um drive their billboard truck up and like Right. park it on the street in front of it mm-hmm. and they had a whole talk about how well they make their own mobile billboard so they can go wherever they want and they don't have to be controlled by the billboard company i'm like hmm yeah, you know what the yeah. shit we want to say on a billboard doesn't have to be controlled by a billboard company because right. we're not being jerks like they are okay so, so before we get into the yeah. antis uh <laughs> we do just want to complete the plug here yes. uh prochoicecats.com uh, yes. And on Facebook, if you search, it's facebook.com slash ProChoiceCats. So you can uh, check out the stuff, order it. She's wearing a tank top right now from the, uh, from the line. <laughs> um, yes. So pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so then the antis we got to meet last night at the city council hearing. You want well, to talk about that? Not meet necessarily because we've met we, them. We got to spend. We got to spend some quality time with. God, you know, I was saying <laughs> that these sort of meetings are, are like going to church where half the congregation just hates the other half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because everyone's, uh-huh. like, in dress clothes and you file in and then, you know, you have to, like, set up folding chairs and stuff and <laughs> and then sit there and just glare at each other. So uh-huh. you, you want to talk about how that went? <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's interesting because, you know, city council doesn't have set rules on how you have to do these kinds of things, you know. So when, you know, council member Brown came to us and said she wanted to introduce this. Elizabeth Brown. Elizabeth Brown. Um, you know, we said, and she's like, well, we could do it a bunch of different ways. We of course said, let's do it in the most transparent, the most open, the Mm -hmm. most, you know, welcoming way, because frankly, number one, those are the values we believe in. We know we're right. (laughs) You know, they can scream all day long about how this is unconstitutional in the McClellan decision. I think we read it last week, last week on the show, you know, it actually said, Hey, Massachusetts, if you want to do something, you should do something like New York. And this, this, this thing is a buffer zone outside clinics. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, last night they said, don't use the word buffer zone. It's a 15 foot area where you cannot follow and harass Mm -hmm. someone. So the protesters can still be, within yeah. 15 feet and do their thing, but they cannot follow people 
and yell things at them. Mm -hmm. They can yell. They just can't follow someone. That's when you break the law. Uh So this is within 15 feet of really any healthcare facility, which is going to include abortion providers. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's reproductive healthcare facilities. So it'll include places like, you know, family planning centers and those kinds of things, even Columbus public health. Cause there's even somebody there last night from Columbus public health talking about how occasionally they get people in mostly around when one partner gets diagnosed with an STD, (laughs) you know, cause Tempers can flare. Right. Um, <laughs> and so um, so the woman from Columbus Public Health actually testified yesterday about how this will help them protect their providers from these partners or uh, you know, people in their facility as well who are harassing their patients or their providers um, inside the facility. So, you know, it's not just happening at abortion clinics. It's happening other places. We saw see it in Circleville. Um, it's a Planned Parenthood that doesn't do abortion services and the same, actually, the same protesters, the Dement family that was there last night, protest the Circleville Planned Parenthood as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was an interesting night. Um, they started with opening from like the lawyers and all those kinds of things about what it is and what it'll do and all those kinds of things. Uh, and the, the the it you're referring to is Ordinance fourteen fifty eight for for the city of Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so. Um, and then they took testimony from either side, three minutes apiece, back and forth, until we ran out of time. I think we got through seven or so, maybe eight. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, mm-hmm. People, but... Um, and there were all kinds of... And, and the other biggest part is, this is a city of Columbus ordinance. This is Columbus City Council. You know, when we're in the state house and somebody comes in from Pennsylvania to testify, we're all like, really? <laughs> um, <Right>. And so <laughs> what was really interesting is of the seven or eight people who went on our side, one of them, I think, resided outside of Columbus, and she worked in Columbus, so she had a connection to the city. Um, Only two of the people who testified against it lived or worked in the city of Columbus. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, Most of them were Hebron and Zanesville and Circleville and places. Yeah. Like, most of these places way far outside of Columbus. I mean, these people drive more than an hour to harass people at Planned Parenthood every day. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, these folks do not live inside this county, let alone the city. Exactly. Um, and, and probably would not visit the city of Columbus on any sort of regular basis, if not, for the sole purpose of coming and harassing patients mm-hmm. and abortion clinic staff. Yes. They stand outside with signs and mm-hmm. yell and scream. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, they they were testifying about how they feel that this is going to, you know, in, in their words, violate their right to free mm-hmm. speech. Uh, and, you know, the, the city attorney's office said, you know, this does not violate no. free speech. Um, and... You know, if you're coming and you want to pray against abortion, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to distribute pamphlets, information, um, you know, there was there was one woman, the last person who spoke against the thing, mm-hmm. um, had gone to a clinic for an abortion procedure and changed her mind mm-hmm. and felt that that presence was a positive mm-hmm. impact, which, you know... Uh, She's entitled to that opinion, but that interaction that she had would not be banned by this no. ordinance. No, they would have still been able to do all of that stuff, and that is that's the and that's the biggest difference here is that you know yes, you know, McCullen struck down 
a true buffer zone. Nobody can be within 30 feet of an abortion clinic. So that's not what we're doing, you know. So we're we're doing a 15-foot, you can't do these behaviors. Right. You can still speak. Actually, the, one of the best moments was um, the last, no, the second to last person on the anti side who testified was our buddy, Coach Dave. And he, um, and he doesn't have a low voice volume. Like, he, right. he cannot have a normal, like, room voice. I feel like I was going back to, like, when I was hanging this out with Dave little kids. This is Dave Yes. Um, where it's like, use your inside voice. He doesn't have the inside voice. So, of course, he's screaming into the microphone the same way he screams outside of the clinic. Right. Screaming that there isn't evidence of need of this, as he provides evidence of the need for this. But... Um, I think it was council member Priscilla Tyson who asked after that one, like, so would it still be okay if he stood outside the clinic and said those kinds of things? And the city attorney was like, yes, of course, it's for your speech protected. Even if he said them really, really loudly. (laughs) (laughs) And the city attorney was like, yes, even if he was screaming them at the top of his lungs. Right. So this is not a violation of your free speech. This is 100%. At any volume. At any volume. No. (laughs) (laughs) Volume is not an impact on free speech. So. Right. But really. um, It's physical proximity. And the harassing mm-hmm. and threatening nature of the things that they say. Yes. And that's the, the factor, you know. And, and I've compared this to, um, there's, there's the old standard about how free speech means that you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm-hmm. This isn't them yelling fire in a crowded theater. This is saying, I want you to burn. Yes. You know, that's where it crosses the mm-hmm. line in this instance. When they come up and they threaten somebody, you know, yeah. you're going to be set on fire. Yeah. That that sort of hate speech um, is what we have heard from people like Dave Dobbenmeyer, who mm. testified. Mm-hmm. Um, and your testimony had a, a poster that was a visual um, with two um, two portrayals of protest, and one of them was people showing, you know, showing their poster, showing mm-hmm. their signs from a respectable distance, where everything was still totally legible and all yes. of that alternating with a shot that one of our colleagues took with a cell phone camera yes. that was like a, a close-up of his mouth and mm-hmm. his, his beard. And, you know, it wasn't taken with the zoom lens. It was so close that you could count the hairs on his chin. Mm-hmm. That's how yeah. close he gets to people when he's screaming at them. And it's not polite what he's saying. No. So, mm-hmm. so that is the difference. If you're standing back and you've got your signs and you're handing out your, you know, mm-hmm. pamphlets and whatever, and you're praying, that's okay. But when you're standing, you know, so close that someone mm-hmm. can count that, you know, the hairs on your chin, that's when you're way too close to somebody. And that's how close Dave Dobbenmeyer gets to people going into abortion clinics. Yes. That is not acceptable behavior. No, and, no. and I mean, there's video of that. Those are dull shot from a video. And what you can't see on the fill is that the, on this shot is what he was saying at that point. So he was that close right. to Michelle and screaming that she was a wicked, evil, vile woman. How could she say things like that? That's the most wicked thing I've ever heard in my life because she told a very confused immigrant woman that they don't actually kill babies in Planned Parenthood um, because she was getting very scared and confused. She was not a native English speaker. She did not understand fully what Dave was saying to her because he was trying to tell her not to go in Planned Parenthood because they kill babies in there. And so Michelle was trying to, you know, 
lie this woman's fears and you know that really just got under his skin he can't control himself when he gets that upset about something and that's exactly what happened that day right so but um council member liz brown gets our that's what she said um this week (laughs) for her drop mic moment in the hearing um so one of the other frequent protesters outside of planned parenthood is the johnston family um, they are a Duggar-style quiver of Muskingum family. County, of, which is yes, not in Franklin County. No, it's not in the city of Columbus. <laughs> exactly. So they it's drove like an hour. Yeah, a little over. Yeah, you know, uh-huh. across the state to come and testify before the mm-hmm. city of Columbus. Yes. Well, and they come with their ten kids, okay. tw- two or three times a week to harass people outside of the abortion right. clinic. So um, Elizabeth Johnston is the mom of the family, and she testified, and basically her entire testimony was slander and slamming of Councilmember Brown. I mean, right? it was, and then slandering and slamming the um, special duty officer that stands outside of Planned Parenthood and protects right. the patients every day. Um, so, and the entire time she referred to Councilmember Brown as Mrs. Brown. Um, and so afterwards... <laughs> Um, as you know, she was told that she was done and she could sit down. Um, Councilmember Brown um, corrected her and told her that it's Ms. Brown, not <laughs> Mrs. Brown. Um, and yeah, I think everybody in the room was like, "Yeah," because yeah. yes, I mean, she's she's got her you know family. That is her family name, her father's name. That is not her husband's name, right. and that is her identity. Yeah. Um, and she claims it very proudly. Um, to and, this conservative Christian, the idea of a married woman not going by Mrs. Yes. You know, whatever your husband's <laughs> mm-hmm. name is. is yeah. Uh, like made her head freeze. Yeah. I mean, because especially because in the quiverful culture, I mean, the woman just becomes a servant of her family. Right. I mean, she's not allowed to say no to sex, which is why so many babies, you know, not allowed to use birth control. You know, she is the caretaker of the home and the caretaker of the, of the children. So, you know, it, it is kind of the antithesis of like a feminist ideal. Um, so, and, and just if fairly chosen is fine for her to do, but not to shove on other people. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that was the that's what she said moment um, of of the hearing. It was fabulous, and and also just in general, um, Councilmember Elizabeth Brown, you know, taking a stand on this so hard because when we started having conversations, you know, I prepped her as well as you can until you see these people actually in right. person in action. You can't really fully understand what it's like. You know, and we made sure, like, this is what's going to happen. They're going to come out. They're going to say these things. This is what's going to, you know. And, and she was like, you know, this is more important than that. This right. is this is about protecting people. Um, people, as she says over and over and over again, people should be able to access their health care services without harassment and intimidation. Right. You don't stand out outside of somebody's doctor's office and say, don't get that root canal. It's not good for you. <laughs> like, we all would think this is ridiculous. You're laughing because it's ridiculous. And then, But that's exactly what they do outside of abortion clinics every single day so right. so yeah and I, your testimony was amazing because you talked about how like what it's like outside of founders you want to like kind of talk about that yeah um yeah i went up there and and even though i i work at a different clinic um i spent some time at founders women's health center about 13 months working there and i oversaw our uh, patient escorts so the people who volunteer to walk patients from their car into the clinic and the reason why we have to have those people 
is because of how intimidating and scary some of the protesters are outside of Founders. We certainly wouldn't have been volunteering our time doing this if it weren't necessary. Um, and, you know, there were so many different examples that I had from my personal experiences, but when I went up there, I wanted to talk about what I've seen patients and volunteers deal with. So I talked about you know, the patients who have come to us and said, well, this protester grabbed me or followed me to my car and made me feel really uncomfortable. And I um, pulled some statements from a woman who actually came in to the clinic and wrote down what a protester did to her. And basically she said, a woman tried to hand her a pamphlet. She said, no, the woman grabbed her arm. So the girl got scared and tried to run away, but the woman yanked her jacket sleeve. And the girl just kept running. She made it to her car. She gets into her car. And that same protester, along with another protester, approaches her car and continues to harass her. Um, and that really upset the, the woman. And so we asked her if she wanted to file a police report. And she said no, because she didn't want anyone knowing that she was at this abortion clinic. And that's a common theme we see with patients, is that they are really offended and hurt and upset by what's been done to them by these protesters, but they just want this day to be over. They do not want to file a police report and have to deal with the ramifications, not to mention their personal information will then become public record. Mm -hmm. So um, there's all kinds of reasons why police reports aren't filed when they do these things. And I also talked about a volunteer who was um, shoved by a protester and the protester put her foot on the back of her shoe and ripped her shoe off and when the volunteer turned around to say like hey this woman's laughing and and just thought that it was hilarious that she had upset this escort so the escort called the police tried to you know file a report and by then the protester had left and nothing really came of it so even when people do go to the police about these things usually nothing really happens um and so I wanted to convey in my testimony that like, just because when the police are there, the media is there, and the protesters are acting very quiet and peaceful and respectful, that's not really who they are. Um, and when there's no one in power around, that is when these people do their most aggressive work. Um, so you know, a few of the anti-choicers who went up to testify against this ordinance, they all kept saying, like, where's the proof? There, no one's mm -hmm. been convicted. No one's been arrested. Like, you, no one came out to watch us outside of the clinic, so you don't even know what it's like. They were mm -hmm. saying this to Elizabeth Brown, and it's like, actually, yeah, her staffers did come out, mm -hmm. and they saw um, a different side of the protesters than what they really are. And there were even people around who told the staffers, like, this isn't really how they normally act. No. Like, they're putting on a show because you're here. Um, so um, that the, the things that the anti-choicers were saying last night, it's like it, it doesn't line up. Of course, mm -hmm. there's no arrests because no one wanted to file a report and be affiliated with having an abortion. And, and that can be really dangerous for patients as well. Oh, if yeah. they have family members who don't know what's going on or right. their mm -hmm. partner is an abusive individual, like they, it could put them in danger 
to file this report and have family members or lovers find out that they were at this clinic. Yeah. Well, and also, you know, when you file a police report, you're kind of entering into record that you and whoever this protester are had some interaction. Mm -hmm. And so now you're sort of committing yourself to have to talk to the police about them to, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. have to, uh, you know, go through some legal proceeding with this person that, you know, is standing there screaming hateful things at you. And so that's not something that people want to do. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. they didn't come to an abortion clinic just to get into a fight with some protester. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. there was there was one um, young woman who was testifying against the ordinance. She's been a protester and she was talking about how she hands out pamphlets and Bibles and all of that. I'm like, nobody goes to an abortion clinic to get a Bible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a hotel, get it one of the Gideons. <laughs> also, the Bible doesn't really say anything about abortion well, or anything against <laughs> abortion. So it's like uh, hand, this Bible has nothing to do with, with what this person is, is going in, into this clinic yeah. for. And right. it certainly doesn't have medical advice or information. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah. I, I've I mean, never we were understood talking about that. this last night. You know, the state of Ohio has this waiting period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, by the time a, a woman gets into a clinic, and so so the waiting period means that you have to go for two separate appointments. Mm-hmm. By the time you finish that first appointment, you've found out that you're pregnant, made your own decision to call an abortion provider, called you know some provider up, sat through a phone screening, which takes, I don't know, mm-hmm. half an hour, uh, figured out a time when they can schedule something, take time off of work, figured out transportation, you know, maybe figured out child care, mm-hmm gotten yourself to the abortion facility, sat through the first day's worth of screening and answered questions and, you know, gathered information. You probably have to watch some sort of little video about what the procedure is going to be, had a consultation on cost, you know, thought to yourself, yeah, had to do an ultrasound, Mm -hmm. figured out what the cost is going to be, how you're going to come up with that money, which is hundreds of dollars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the time you go through all this, you've made up your mind. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you are not going to uh, need additional time, which you're always welcome to take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not going to need somebody's religious pamphlet because mm-hmm. by this point in time, you've gone through so many steps to figure out what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And at any point in time, any person can change their mind. Yeah. Yes. They don't need a religious pamphlet. Mm-hmm. They don't need someone praying for them. They don't need extra time to think about it. They know what they want, and they didn't drive there for a Bible. Yeah. Well, and, and I think there was actually a case at Founders, I don't know, now maybe five, six years ago, where an abusive partner had actually forced a woman to go to Founders. He actually had a gun. They found out later he had a gun in his glove box and was forcing her to go to Founders and have an abortion. And you know, she walked into the clinic and she leaned over to the the staff member at the check-in desk and was like, he's forcing me to do this. He has a gun. Like, I don't want to do this. Help me. Right. And, you know, I, if you listen to the antis, their whole story would probably be from there. Well, then they tied her down and they made her do it. And, you know, because that's what they think no. happens in there. What actually happened was they whisked her back. They're like, oh, we have a room available for you right away. Let's start your consultation. We have to do this by her by yourself. Right. He can't come with you. So let's, you know, go back and do your consultation. They took her back there. They called the police. The police came. They arrested the They had the guy. her in a safe space. Yeah, they in moved her into room. a safe space, a safe room. They called the police. The police came. He, he went out. He had gone out to the parking lot at that point. Right. 
arrested him, found the gun, you know, he was arrested, he was prosecuted, and that's what happens. You know, like, right. women who come into the clinic not knowing what they want to do get counseling about mm-hmm. whether this is the right decision for them. Um, Jackie Malstow, a med student for choice, um, testified yesterday, and she's like, that, that's my duty as a healthcare provider to mm-hmm. fully inform and counsel right. my patients and make sure that the whatever procedure they're getting right. is the one that they want to they have. They give them accurate information mm-hmm. inside the yeah. clinic, not biased stuff mm-hmm. outside the clinic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you're going in for a medical procedure, let's trust the medical provider inside the, the, right. the facility, not some coach or well-meaning yeah. mom or whatever outside the clinic. So, yeah. And I can confirm, having worked at several clinics and toured, I, I mean, I've been through at least four clinics in the last few years and seen how they do things. And they, the whole point of having a patient sit down for her consultation or her education session is to go over questions such as, does the person who got you pregnant know that you're here? Is this really what you want to do? Are you afraid of what they'll do if you don't you know, do this procedure or if you go through with your pregnancy? Like we, we go through a list of questions and have a conversation. And you know, we even say, like, you can schedule your appointment, but if you don't want to come back, you don't have to. You, yeah. you don't ever have to come back here. So right. no one is forcing them. And we certainly want to figure out if they are being coerced, mm-hmm. because if they are, we need to address that. And, and we're certainly not going to do their procedure if we believe that she's being coerced. So, right. you know, if, if she goes through all of that, and tells us, no, this is what I want to do, and then she comes back after that 24-hour waiting period, like, mm-hmm. I mean, she, she's gotten everything that she needs, and, and the people outside aren't really going to help her. No. No. I mean, they're just going to make her feel shame. I mean, and luckily, I don't know that we've encountered this uh, in Columbus, but there are other clinics where they have protesters who specifically show up in the afternoon. Most of our protesters come in the morning because they know most of the patients go in in the morning okay. and then they kind of take off. Um, some clinics have actually reported they've started seeing protesters show up specifically in the afternoon. So the people coming out of the clinic have already had an abortion. There's no counseling to be done at that point. The whole point of the protesters showing up in the afternoon is to shame the crap out of the women oh, as they God. walk out of the facility. Do you know what you just did? You just murdered your baby. You know, all these things. So, you know, when we haven't seen that here, but like that's that's the point what of on these people. What are they hoping to gain from that? That's not satisfactory the action yeah. that they're jerks. I God, don't know. That's but, insane. Yeah. So you know, it's it's harassment, it's intimidation, it's made to make women feel as crappy as possible about the decision that they know is the best one for them and their families. And right. so it's not a figment of people's imaginations. This harassment actually takes place. Yes. Um one last protester uh who testified yesterday that I want to mention um was Mark Harrington of mm. Created Equal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> You know, we've uh, on our podcast, we, we've said regularly, check the show notes for something. This is something that you absolutely do need to check the show notes. Or go to our blog, ProChoiceOhio.com. Um, we'll put up a, a picture of the postcard that he sent. Created Equal has mm-hmm. been mailing postcards with doctors. Pictures. Pictures and, you know, home address, home information, mailing out these postcards along with graphic pictures of, you know, whatever they feel like throwing on there. Uh, and mailed them to doctors' neighbors, mailed them to neighborhoods in the Dayton area, 
in the Columbus area, you know, we've gotten calls mm-hmm. from people who live in, you know, Bexley, who live in Whitehall, and they just keep getting these postcards in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he stood up there and talked about how people just don't understand and these are peaceful protests and all that. And we had a poster size blow up of one of the postcards that he sends yeah. out. And Created Equal, they've got a whole team of interns. I'm sure they're listening to this podcast, too. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and, you know, they have made, they they really have taken harassment up to the next mm-hmm. step. Not just with the postcards and the trucks, uh, but also by bringing their display to both college campuses and high school campuses. Mm-hmm. You know, where they really have perfected a shove-it-in-their-face sort of tactic. You know, nowhere near an abortion provider, no. just at a high school. And regularly, we'll see in the news where they get so belligerent with people that they provoke fights. Mm-hmm. And if somebody takes any sort of physical action against them, then they will call the police and file oh, yeah. charges against somebody for interacting with their protest that they took out into mm-hmm. some community. And that they egg somebody into doing. And I mean, even last week, um, when I noticed because we also peruse all their stuff as well. Um, that they, because they had a whole new set of interns they were t- training last week. So one right. of the trainings was going to the neighborhood of, um, it's a founder's provider in Blacklick. I can't remember mm. their name. Um, but one of the doctors at Founders um, that lives in Blacklick. And so they were their interns were actually walking the neighborhood and handing out the Killer Among Us postcards mm. that okay, you can go. Dr. Schaefer probably. Yes, it was Dr. Schaefer. Yeah. There it is. And... Um, it's summer. Kids are out of school. So right. in all of these neighborhoods, there were like kids playing in the front yard. And if your kid was playing in the front yard, the created equal intern handed your seven year old this postcard with, you know, the bloody fetus picture right. and a picture of a person that says this person's killing babies. And this so on their Facebook page, they had a million people from this neighborhood, like yelling and screaming at them for handing this stuff out to their children. Right. Um, but, you know, this is the kind of behavior that they constantly engage in. And so it, then you see Mark Harrington up there yesterday, like, right. we just want to peacefully protest. We don't do anything bad. Right. You know, and they were all, it was, it was funny. I mean, I've never seen Mark Harrington and Seth and anything but their black created equal t-shirts. I know. Right? And they were all in like button up polos and khaki pants and uh, coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. I've never seen him. He, he has this hat. He always wears, it's a red, white and blue, red and blue hat with a red cross on it that he wears. I've never seen his, I've actually never seen his hair before. <laughs> um, and you know, he didn't have his hat on. It was clean right. shaven and you know, again in a polo shirt and khaki pants. I'm telling you, it's like going to church where half the congregation mm-hmm. hates the other exactly. half. It really is. So, you know, th- they dress differently. They try to act differently. Um, although several of them, Dave just can't control no, himself. He can't. And he has a very short fuse. And, and the fact that city council was like asking appropriate questions uh-huh. to the city attorney's office yes. during the hearing, which prevented them from having additional time to testify. I mean, he was grumbling in the back like, what are we going to get a chance to testify? Yeah. 
he actually cut off a member of city council who was asking a question like when are we going to get to testify right. so Dave gets our walk of shame for yep. all over the place yesterday. Uh, so last night, just to just to wrap this up, it was uh, council members Mitchell Brown, Elizabeth Brown, Priscilla Tyson, Shannon Harden, and Jacob Jacob Page. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so uh, Zach Klein and uh, Michael Stinziano were not present, but they will be there on mm-hmm. Monday. Mm-hmm. And Cinziano right. did tweet his support of yeah, the yeah. ordinance. Just because they weren't in the room yes. doesn't mean that they weren't supportive. Yes. But so we had we had five of seven city council members there. So uh, the next step for this um, is to be uh, in city hall yes. <laughs> instead of in the community center that we're yes. in um, for uh, a final round on this ordinance, uh, and the city council will vote. Um, so, you know, we, we know how Elizabeth Brown feels since she sponsored this. Uh, Shannon Harden voiced support for this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. specifically saying, I think this is a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Brown, uh, uh, the councilman, was uh, on the news that, uh, that night talking about how health care mm-hmm. workers need protection. You know, Priscilla Tyson was uh, answer, uh, asking questions, talking about, you know, the need for the police mm-hmm. uh, and all of this. So I, I do feel, you know, across the board, I don't know that mm-hmm. we're, you know, I don't know that it's going to pass, and I don't know that it would be mm-hmm. unanimous if it did. But I do feel that city council really does have a good, solid understanding of the need for this ordinance. Mm-hmm. So, and if they didn't, the protesters showed them the right. need for it last night. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So next Monday, the twentieth. Um, I guess it could be a really crazy busy day if the Supreme Court decides to release a decision that morning. Yeah. Uh, yay, Mondays. <laughs> start please, the week off with the bang. not next week. Yes. <laughs> Wait, please. Um, so next Monday um, at 4 o'clock outside of City Hall, we'll be having a press conference. Our Kelly Copeland... Um, Planned Parenthood folks and city council folks and everybody else will be talking about the ordinance and why we need it at four o'clock. And then the council meeting starts at five. Um, So get there um, for the four o'clock thing. If you can't get there exactly at four, as soon as you can get there, go over to city hall um, to the council meeting. You will, I think you need an ID to get in the building, but they relax a lot of the security stuff for city council here. So like if I go for a meeting, I have to get like a tag and everything else. But um, so you will need an ID to get in the building um, and come and show your support, wear your purple narrow t-shirt, wear your pink Planned Parenthood t-shirt, come out and support the ordinance. We need a big public um, presence there as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And again, the, just like the state house, it'll start at five o'clock, but they do a bunch of ceremonial stuff at the beginning. So the vote will probably happen closer to six or six thirty. But get there at five. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or earlier. Uh, and and like I said, please do uh, check out the show notes for this. Um, if you're on iTunes or check out our blog, ProChoiceOhio.com. We will post lots of information. I think we've the city council full hearing video is going to be on their YouTube channel. We'll embed that video on our blog post. Mm-hmm. We'll put up the picture from Created Equal and a bunch of other stuff. The petition. Yeah. Uh, so check that out. Check out our Facebook page. Um, and, and we'll also tweet the link for this um, at ProChoiceOH. Um, Okay, so that was a that was a full night. Yeah. Um, so going from in a very emotional week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about Orlando? <laughs> well, I think I think you know, and 
I, I actually personally was having a hard time expressing words. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Me it was too. funny. Like, I, I, you know, there are stages of grief, and I went straight from it happening to like angry at the world. I skipped a couple there, mm-hmm. and then I backtracked. Right. <laughs> but, you know, it really, kind of relating to the city council, it really brought up a lot of things because, you know, with the Colorado Spring shooting last year, and then this shooting, um, now it really just brought home like how I can't keep my community safe. I can't keep my queer community safe. I can't keep my abortion community safe. Like there are not things that we can do. So like the city council thing actually was kind of cathartic this week because it does allow me to maybe better protect my abortion community. Mm -hmm. Um, and right. And it really has been amazing to see the outpouring of support on the Orlando shooting. Um, it was frustrating to see all the Republicans who, like, two weeks ago were at a conference held by a minister who's actually said that gay people should be killed, um, should be put to death for their sins. Um, <sighs> and then they tweet out that they're horrified by this. I'm like, no, actually, you're not. Last week you supported right. it. Um, but, and, you know, I think the fact that his name was Omar and he pledged his, you know, support for ISIS gave them all an out. Well, this wasn't homophobia. It was terrorism. Like, well, it doesn't really matter. That's all connected. Thank you very mm-hmm. much. Um, he didn't shoot up Disney World or something like that. He went to a gay club on Latin night. <laughs> Right. To kill gay people of color, um, so so it really just solidifies. I think the rest of the week, the rest of the summer, actually now because Cleveland Pride is later and Youngstown Pride is later, and those kind of things, on showing support for the community. So mm-hmm. you know, now more than ever, come out to your local Pride, come volunteer with us for your for your local Pride. Um, this weekend is Columbus Pride. It's Friday and Saturday night. Next yeah. weekend is Cincinnati. I mean, yeah, next weekend is Cincinnati Pride on right. Saturday, and then I think you've got the rest of the random dates for the rest of the summer. Right. There. So Columbus Pride is June seventeenth and eighteenth. Cincinnati Pride is June twenty fifth. Youngstown Pride uh, July seventeenth. Cleveland Pride is August thirteenth, and Toledo Pride is August twenty sixth. We'll be at all of those. Um, you know, if you want to uh, volunteer with us, please do uh, check out the show notes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly sent out an email to our supporters about that, and I just want to read a little chunk of it. Um, she said, our mission calls on us to stand for reproductive rights and sexual freedom. Our core belief is that you should have complete control of your own body. We believe that everyone has the right to love whomever they love. We all must be allowed to live without interference from government, threats or shame from those who would judge you or acts of violence from anyone. In solidarity, Kelly Copeland. Yeah. So. And it really is. I mean, we're all connected in all of these things. And so, you know, showing support for whatever community, however you can, is is critical, especially at times like this. And to stay vigilant because this isn't the beginning, you know. I think a lot of mainstream, you know, lesbian and gay folks in particular have gotten a little complacent, you know, these kind of attacks and violence have, have gone down and, and especially those communities. But in so many communities, we were, people were ignoring the ridiculous number of trans people, especially trans women who were being murdered almost weekly. I mean, the numbers are astronomical on that. And so like when you really kind of put it all together, this didn't come out of the blue. Yeah. 
and and when you see attacks and and when we start winning, we start seeing attacks. And I think that's the other piece of this is that right. you know people we, you know you can now get married and people are gaining more rights and you know yeah Obama this happened took a, almost uh, you know it, exactly, exactly one year, year after. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. The decision to allow gay marriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the Obama administration's strong stance on you should be able to be use the bathroom that matches your gender identity. Right. Um, and the Target decision to also allow that. I mean, all of these things have just right. whipped up. Yeah. yeah. I think it's worth pointing out, too, that... Um, Dave Dobbenmeyer, who stands outside of Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. all the time and harasses women seeking abortion, he also is vehemently anti-gay. He's a huge bigot, and he actually protests outside of Target regarding... Or inside the ch- Target. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He actually got kicked out of Target, yes. Um, <laughs> and he uh, posted a video reaction to what happened in Orlando and seemed gleeful about the fact that 49... LGBT folks were gunned down. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes these things exist in a vacuum uh, in terms of abortion rights and LGBT rights. But honestly, we have the same people who are out to get us in the abortion world as, mm-hmm. as we've got in the LGBT world. And so those things start to collide when it's like, okay, this really aggressive person is singling out women mm-hmm. as well as people in the, the gay and the trans community um, and, and seems to, to relish in, in the violence. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So yeah. it's kind of scary to go to work every day and know that someone like that is out there and then having seen what happened mm-hmm. in Orlando, it really puts a lot more fear inside of you um, not just for yourself, but all right. all of the people in that community that you care about. Yeah. Right. And, you know, just to kind of go back over what you were saying, Jamie, I, I don't think there's, there's no sign that anybody could have, other than the guy's wife, yeah. uh, prevented this. No. You know, it's, it, it's not, it's not that it's that, you know, culturally, you know, as a country, if we, uh, really shine a light on each and every one of these individual acts, it's going to become much more apparent to, you know, I don't mean this politically, but I'm going to use the term swing voters, swing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, people who are sort of on the fence as to how to feel about all mm-hmm. of this. You know, they don't like shootings, but, you know, maybe they don't quite know how to take the fact that it was in a gay club. They're, you know, they, mm-hmm. they haven't really solidified an opinion on that angle of things. Mm-hmm. If we can uh, all work together to illustrate exactly how many acts of violence mm-hmm. there are, what sort of threats are coming to gay people, to women, to transgender citizens, you know, to really expose how widespread this whole thing is, then we can continue this cultural movement mm-hmm. of acceptance and move some of those swing voters, those, you know, those people that are right there on mm-hmm. the fence um, and continue to win them over uh, and their kids, you mm-hmm. know, because this is something that is having a generational oh, yeah. shift. Um, you know, so I think it is very important to, you know, yeah. to keep talking about not just the big, you know, the big instances, but all the little ones too. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think too, also holding people accountable. I mean, I saw, and we can put it in the show notes, an amazing clip of Anderson Cooper 
from oh, I yesterday. Watched that last night. That was difficult. <laughs> Have you seen it? I haven't, but I heard about it. Yeah. And- so, um, so he was interviewing the Florida Florida Attorney General. And she kept talking about how much she cared about the community and she cared and she was saddened and blah. And, and finally it was like, but you were the one who like went to the Supreme Court saying all these, you know, things about how gay marriage is going to bring down civilization. And she tried over time and time again to be like, well, that was just my job. That was just my job. No. I was just, I was just, <laughs> oh I was just representing the 60 whatever percent of Floridians who voted no. for this. <laughs> gay marriage ban. This was just my job. I don't really, I care about the gay community and all this live loss. And that's what we need to focus on is these lives lost. And I mean, she tried and time and time again, Anderson just pushed right back. Like he was not going to let her get away with that. Like yeah. should really watch the video. And that's what really needs to happen. You know, it's great that Marco Rubio is sending his prayers and, and, and thoughts, but like <laughs> stop going no. to the conventions with the minister who right. talks about how gay people should have the death penalty. Like right. yep. actually stop being hateful, not just send your prayers. Right. No, the, right before we started uh, this podcast, I I was watching Samantha B's clip, I which I've, I haven't watched it yeah. yet, but yeah, I'm, I think, yeah, the show notes for this is just going to be <laughs> a, lot <of> links. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of links, a lot stuff. of stuff. I'm going to throw that in there too. Uh, and so she did seven and a half minutes to open up her show. It just, I mean, just spitting acid, just so furious about all of this demanding action. And one of the little sound bites she had in there was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Marco Rubio, if I'm remembering this right, talking about how, well, these things just happened now when it was Orlando's turn. And she's like, Orlando's turn? You know, if you're so accepting of this level of violence on a regular basis that people have to take turns... You know, if you believe that, you should not be a U.S. senator, yeah. Mr. Rubio. Definitely not our president. <laughs> Thank you very much. God. You know, and she was looking at the governor in in Florida and was asked, well, what can we do? And he was like, prayer. And, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer, bub. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah, I liked there were several like legislators who like refused to do the moment of silence because they're sick and tired of being silenced on it. Like it was yeah. a, it was such a great like yes, we need to remember these people, but you know the better way to remember them is to make sure that somebody else can't walk into a a club with an AR-15 and shoot 50 people. Right. That's how we need to remember people, not a moment of silence. And right. it was really good to see all of those legislators taking a stand like that. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to be silent. Yeah. I mean, if there had been somebody standing outside that club handing out Bibles that night, that person would just be dead with the rest yes. of the people inside mm-hmm. the club. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. that wouldn't have helped. No. And of course, they're all saying, well, somebody inside the club had a gun and they could have shot him first. Oh, I'm like, because no. more guns in a crowded, dark club with 300 people packed in was probably a really fabulous idea. Right. Yeah, there's a reason why they don't allow guns in their clubs. Yeah. Cuz right. you know, maybe it could be in your pocket and you very sh- good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people shoot themselves in the foot literally all the time. Right. Yeah. And that's almost the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a good day when it comes to guns in crowded rooms. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Uh okay, so to th- there's no high note for this no. uh, mm-hmm. to go out on, Mm-mm. but um do volunteer with us to go to Pride. Um, you know, we're, uh, we're very, very supportive of uh, the LGBTQ community here in the state of Ohio. Um, 
and uh, we want to, you know, have a big showing of support. So uh, come out with us. Uh, even if you can't volunteer shift, do stop by our booth um, at one of the Pride Festivals. Say hi. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to see you. So, yeah. yeah. And then the hearing next week. Uh, the hearing next week. Um, so folks can come out to that. Uh, we're still looking for ComFest volunteers. You can sign up for that uh, also in the show notes. Um, and two other events that I can't remember if we talked about last week, but uh, on June 30th uh, in Cleveland is a play called Remarkably Normal. Uh, it's a part of a national tour, so there's one show in Cleveland. Um, if you go to our website, ProChoice.org, you can... Uh, the, the ProChoiceOhio.org. ProChoiceOhio.org, yeah. Um, <laughs> the... The big moving picture across the front, there's a slide for that to click on the link to get tickets for Remarkably Normal in Cleveland, mm-hmm. June 30th. Uh, that is uh, a play all about abortion stories and some of our friends, uh, Jasmine uh, Burnett and uh, two other individuals whose names I can't come up with right Somebody now. Somebody from preterm, I don't know who it is from preterm, and then... Um Allie from Urge will also be there. Yeah. Great. Uh, so three of our local rock stars are going to be involved in this play, mm-hmm. in the Cleveland production yes. of it. Uh, so do go to that. Uh, and then the big show that you're going to hear much more about um, in every podcast between now and then uh, is going to be the night of Donald Trump's acceptance speech at the Republican <laughs> National <laughs> Convention. Uh, Liz Winstead, John Fugelsang, and Frank Conniff with Mystery Science Tweet Thatter. 3,000. The three of them are heading up Slurricane Trump at the Bohemian (laughs) National Hall. Uh, It's going to be amazing. They're going to be on stage with Donald Trump's live speech rolling behind (laughs) them, and they're going to crack jokes the entire night. Um, that it's going to be the only way to survive that speech. So you should really <laughs> buy a ticket, get a cocktail, play some carnival games, yeah. and then laugh at Donald Trump, because if you're not laughing, you'll probably be crying. Yep, that's going to be amazing. That one is comedyrnc.brownpapertickets.com. Uh, or again, check out prochoiceohio.org, our website for <laughs> ticket information. Um 75 bucks gets you into the big show and the VIP reception beforehand. Um, so buy those tickets uh, and come hang out with us that night. Uh, there isn't going to be any better, uh, no. especially not in the city of Cleveland. No, there won't be any other place not. to watch Donald Trump's uh, circus. Come in the cocoon of safety of the Bohemian Theater with all of your friends. And- right, right. Um, okay, so and then uh, once again, uh, to close us out, uh, Amanda's ProChoiceCats.com. Yeah. Uh, go order t shirts and stickers. Yes, and can- the catnip, catnip tampon toys. The, cat- <laughs> <laughs> the bloody toys. Yay. Okay, and we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye.